Stars of cosmic light, quasars shine through endless night, and everything is one in the beauty. And now I do need to watch me some more Rick and Morty. It's a good show. It's I know a it's a really good show. Good show. I, I just need to get the backlog and watch through them. I, I've stopped watching uh, Last Ship. Okay. It got, you know, it got so bad. It was like beginning of the season, like when I was on vacation, it was really good. And then it just like started shitting itself like all over the place. Shut the f*** up about Moon Men! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I got an episode of Last um, Ship on, you know, my... I'll use DVR in quotes, the 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 way I get shows. And uh I have like no no desire to watch it. It just been so bad. I mean I read the plot you can read it in, in the Wikipedia of the novel, and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like um Maybe I need to find that book. Yeah, like uh it it What's going on is not Rara America. It's much more. <laughs> the world's been fucking destroyed. Mm-hmm. We got to start anew, and there's not much we can do about the current situation. <laughs> it's not like let's let's go America. Let's reboot America again. Just flip the reset button. Sure. Wait, wait. That's like the. Like, how is she going to go about it? That's like the easiest way is try to get that rebooted. Right, but that's the... <laughs> that That's the shit that's never going to work. That, that's the problem, is you have to deal with... You have to be pragmatic about your situation. Things have changed when 80% of the population of the world is gone. You can't just go on as if you have all of the systems around that kept America working. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's an entirely different world now. There are no, there's nobody making, there's no Foxconn making, you know, electronics. There's no uh, um, Halliburton refining oil for you. There's, there's not, all, all of the stuff that we take for granted is not happening. The world, if you're going to restart the world, you do it, you do it with what you have, not with what was there before i just read a book called ghost fleet it's about world war three china versus the united states and it starts out kind of pearl harbor like they actually attack pearl harbor but it, it goes so much deeper because the the book's interesting it's a novel but there's a bunch of end notes like everything they mention is tied into like real event i mean not not like not so it's Tom Clancy-ish in that sense? It's, it's, it's actually more academic than Tom Clancy. I mean, there's a lot of Tom Clancy um, inspiration. They even say in the like intro, you know, like they grew up reading Tom Clancy in the back of the station wagon while they were going on vacation type thing. Have you read The Sum of All Fears? Yeah. So you remember there's a chapter in there called Three Shakes. And is that the chapter like it's like the five milliseconds? That chapter is the thirty nanoseconds oh, of, so of the 
of what happens inside a, the a nuclear bomb. Yeah, that's uh, oh, so good. Yeah, that was that that was one of the things that that got me interested in studying physics was that was like oh oh wow this, this whole a, chapter yeah. yeah it was amazing go yeah. read there's that chapter it's it's just like in excruciating detail like step after step of the bomb detonating which yeah. is like yeah nanoseconds like greg it's said 30 nanoseconds and it 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 uh and then there's a second chapter after i think it's called um bomb effects i think is the name of the chapter that uh, that then goes into what the detail, but essentially all the stuff that happens in the bomb happens in that thirty nanoseconds, and it's all described mm-hmm. uh, very succinctly and, and and very very decent prose by Tom Clancy. So right. I, that was a I'm a big Tom I yeah. was a big Tom Clancy fan. He kind of yeah, and, and you know, he uses Ghostwriters now. Well, he's dead now. He's dead now. But I mean, he used but yeah, Ghostwriter Ghost stuff was not as good. Yeah, but the stuff that was written by him uh, without remorse was really good that was one of his not late ones but later than some of all fears later than the first good crop and that was kind of where they got away from jack ryan mm-hmm. and introduced a, a cia operator called um everyone's yelling every all tom clancy fans are yelling at the the radio right now um but he was you know a special op cia operator and that was a really good book and then yeah um clear and present danger it's awesome Patriot Games is good. Red Storm Rising, it's dated now, but I mean that's an awesome World War Three book. You know, Russian World War Three book. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did one Teeth of the Tiger, which was an early kind of China World War Three book. China or um, the Bear and the Dragon. The Bear and the Dragon. Bear yeah. and Dragon was China Russia World War Three. Um, anyway, back to uh, Ghost Fleet. What was the one that was uh, like? A World War Three fought on Greenland without nuclear weapons between Russia and America. What was that one? I don't know. I don't think I read that one. Uh, anyway, so Ghost Fleet. It's it's Tom Clancy esque. It it's depicting World War Three where China, um, they're no longer communist. Kind of a commercial coup happened. So now they're that's uh, what's happened. That's what's yeah, there yeah. now. Well, I mean, this thing is kind of like trying to in a novel. Yeah. take current events broadcast them forward but like a lot of like the big part of the plot is you know military contractors lowest bidders things a lot of chinese chips chinese have been engineering hardware hacks into their chips so like the um the joint strike fighter the f-38 i think like they were able to have air-to-air missiles that could ping and activate chips in the airplane, which would send back a homing beacon and type thing. I mean, so that's a little that's probably one of the little more far fetched ones. Yeah. But then so then like America had to like go back and use older ships and older planes and they actually like like it was bad. Hawaii was occupied and there was guerrilla warfare, like the like America was using guerrilla warfare against the Chinese in, in Hawaii and like it was like donate your iPad so the American could get chips to make electronics for the military. I mean, it was a pretty interesting book. I would recommend it to people. And it's great because there's all these endnotes in the book and you can kind of go read up on like one of the plots in the book. Uh you're you're not gonna read this, right? I can spoil no, some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so if you if you're intrigued and you don't get spoiled yeah, you shouldn't listen to this. But one of the plots, and this is a little more fictional. This is not really tied all the way. But 
but um, Sherenkov radiation, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that makes the blue, they described that really well. But one of the things that China and Russia had developed was a way of um, observing Sherenkov radiation from space. So they were able to, yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? Because like, Sherenkov radiation happens when particles exceed the speed of light in a medium. Yes. So like right. if something goes faster than light would right. in water, then you get it. Sharon. Right. I, I did. I, like I followed up on the foot and the end notes mm-hmm. and tried to get like, is this observable at a distance? You know, but basically China had discovered how to observe this from space and were able to like attack like all the boomers and, and the nuclear attack subs and stuff like that. So like they were able to decimate U.S. Navy because they had a space station that they weaponized. Because they could detect Serenkov radiation. That's that's the that's the plot point that they used. It's, it's some of it's still fiction, Greg. It's not all. Okay, okay, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm, I'm focusing on something that right. is not not entirely relevant. Okay, but you know, you I went and did research on yeah. Serenkov radiation and their stuff, and you know, it seemed like there was a stretch on this being observable. You know, yeah, from under the ocean, from up in space, type things. But you know, like when they when they did their Pearl Harbor, the Chinese well, space me... station guys they had they like shut down like all the communications set like they basically cleared the United States out of like space like yeah. attacked like fifty different satellites and whatnot and um, it was the, interesting. The radiation is in usually the visible light spectrum. So right. well, how are you going to detect? I I didn't become a doctorate yeah. student in Sharonkov yeah. radiation, and sure, there's the visible visible light part, but is there something else? Is there? It's gamma- all it's all electromagnetic radiation, and whether right. you could okay. detect that. Fiction. I know, I know, I know, but it's still, it's like since I'm not reading the fiction, I don't, right. you know, I don't have a. Right. It's it's more grounded. I don't know, in I don't know real, way to justify it. It's more grounded in real things yeah. than a lot of fiction. It's interesting, and like uh, one of the great parts of the book, and this is a big spoiler too. So if you're going to read this, stop stop listening now. But there's a, a rich, you know, kind of a, a Elon Musk type guy, right? Mm-hmm. He gets a privateer license from the United States government. You know, the old timey, you know, privateer type stuff, and um, basically uses like a Virgin Galactic type thing to go up and. And take over the Chinese space station. <laughs> you laugh. It's it's a it's a riveting chapter when they're like doing because you know they get basically the best commandos you can get type thing, and they're pra- they're practicing in a in a a, a, a tank a tank yeah. to to do this like you know like commando type infiltration of a space station and then they go up and do it and this takes place probably about 30 years from now see so you know they they presume that space tourism is is real so this was this was a space tourism launch okay sure sure that that they used to get to the space station so china china was accepting space tourism this was this was this was a space tourism launching from Spain or France or something like that. Because he, the 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 big problem I have with that, and then it kind of went off. You know, it kind of went off course, and then went to the space station. And... Yeah, is that China would have hours of knowing this thing is coming? Well, they tried to shoot it, but it had a reflective coating, some kind of nano coating thing that their infrared laser reflected off of, and 
they weren't able to shoot it out of the sky. They were trying to shoot it with lasers. Yeah, like they had this infrared laser thing to defend the space station. It would burn stuff up. 30 years from now, man. Oh, directed energy weapons are not a good idea. Okay. Dude, you're, you're too too much of a stickler. No, I'm. I, that's the problem is that I'm I'm a stickler when I don't know the story, right? right? If if I'm if I'm involved in the story, I'm not a stickler. I don't care. If if I don't know the story and I hear just little bits of it like that, I'm I'm going to be like, my mind is going to be like, no, don't no, watch no. Last Ship. Read Ghost Fleet. Ghost Fleet. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> now calm down. I'm not. It's fiction. Yes, it's a novel. Yes, it. I'm I, talking about a lot of the more fantastic parts of it. Yeah. And. But like every like cha- every sentence has like a footnote. You know, like everything yeah. that they talk about is like here is the information we used to base this plot point off of. I mean, just docking something in space takes hours. Yeah. They were able to... um, They actually didn't dock. They got into... They knew... They got in... They... So the the coating on the spaceship couldn't take infinite number of shots or whatever, right? Like, it degraded every time it got shot. So they had to go someplace where the laser couldn't aim, target them. And then, if I remember right, they actually... um, left their ship and I, th- I want to say the ship was like two kilometers away or so actually getting there is like that's pretty hard shot it's like so you need kind of like a you know an extra uh, you know one of those jetpack things you know that, that the astronauts used to yeah. use um i can't remember exactly if they described how i know i think they are like a kilometer away or something when they actually egressed their ship to attack the space mm-hmm. station and uh, I don't know. It was a fun okay, chapter. As long as, long you, as they don't dock, then I have less problems with yeah. it because that is a complicated procedure that requires both ships to yeah no no <laughs> to work they, together. They didn't do. They yeah. didn't dock. I think they docked later once the battle was over. Okay, once you're in control of the station, right? Sure. But they didn't dock. Yeah. Um, the only reason they got in was because one of the you know, there's like four Chinese on the space station, and they kind of gave him a ultimatum: let us in, or you'll die, type thing. And the one guy that was in charge of like the command station, while the captain was helping to prepare for the battle, you know, let them in because he had a kid or something. So, I mean, that was kind of how they got in the front door. Yeah, and then there was a big fight and. A big fight in the space station. Yeah. The, the, the exact place where you don't want shit to go wrong at all. Well, that was one of the things they talked about. Like, you know, this guy wants to privateer the space station, right? It's his property if he gets it, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. and yeah. So he's like, "What? Are, how are we going to handle all the blood? So they actually had, like, once, the, like, they had a cleanup procedure or, like, a, a mitigation of blood ruining everything procedure and whatnot but then the dude that was um you know let them in i guess kind of turfed the space station it was in a degrading orbit and was going to burn up so they the the rich british elon musk type guy was really pissed off 
that he lost his space station and killed the guy that let him in anyway. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It was it was an interesting book, and yes, it's it's an escape. It's a novel. And it's not meant to be right. a prediction of the future, but it was really nice. I thought how they showed you their kind of reality-based projections and like here's the here's the reality that led to this plot point like they explained Cherenkov and pointed to a couple different articles about Cherenkov radiation none of it tied to the space observation part that was a leap right but then you know like so like you could go back through the book it's possible that you could find some way to detect nuclear reactions through another means I just wouldn't use Cherenkov um, he they wanted to find a way to, yeah, they wanted to find to, something that was like that was actual real that was they real. wanted to disable yeah. the nuclear submarine fleet and they found Sharonkoff radiation and said let's stretch that okay i buy it speaking of better space, than mumbo jumbo speaking of space stations i want to this is interesting because it was interesting to me too um because something that I, I hadn't realized but uh so if you let something move in space right it's just going to keep doing what it's doing right not necessarily and this is an interesting thing the guy from minute physics talked to somebody aboard the space station and did a thing on rotation let me get to the point where he's talking about it and Henry Reich from the YouTube channels Minute hey. Physics and Minute Earth. I've always been fascinated by the instability of rotation around the intermediate axis of an object. For example, if you rotate around the axis of large angular inertia, it's a stable rotation. If you rotate around the, uh, the very smallest axis of inertia, it is also a stable rotation. But So he's taking a block and he's talking about, okay, if you take... It's a block of wood. Yeah, is it wood? It almost looks like a pound yeah. of cheese, like it, a block of cheese. It, looked, it was Cheddar. a block of wood. Okay. Um, it's a stable. Okay. And, and he, t- he takes a, a block of wood and he sticks a little red dot sort of in, in the... Uh, it's on the widest face right in the center. Right. And he flips it he end over end and the... you can see the red dot is stable. It's right. rotating around that red dot. Then he puts it on the end... The smallest axis of inertia... It is also a stable. So again, on the shortest face of this rectangular block. So if you're thinking about like a block of cheddar cheese, or what else is that shape? Butter, but uh, well, butter's square. This one's rectangle. But yeah, butter or um, a, a square bar of soap, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So he puts it on the smallest face, right in the center, and, and flips it and spins it on that axis. Well, I wouldn't say spin that. He's flipping it in the air so right now like if you put the dot on the smallest face of a bar of soap or a block of cheddar cheese and you're looking at that dot it's it's spinning clockwise around that dot Mm -hmm. so the you know the long edge is going away from there okay but if you try to rotate around the intermediate axis okay so now it's on the medium face right this is the face that is not the the widest face, not the end, but the side of your block of cheese, or your block of soap. It's unstable. You see these things flip back and forth, back and forth. I never forth, noticed this before. You can see this. It does this like torquey twist thing. Throw things through the air, and it's a mess. It almost looks like a now diver diving into the um, into the right. into a pool. So here, twist. here's the demo of it the in ISS. space. Thanks for your time, and I hope you enjoy your year in space. 
Yeah, I guess what you're talking about is how this Leatherman tool is ro it'll rotate along one axis and then flip over. Um, That's pretty cool. So I hope that was a good demonstration. It's a nice plug for Leatherman. <laughs> as we go to the next uh, question and hope you can see this. So it's actually a stable rotation. I mean, it, it, it's stable in it's terms of... It's compound rotation. Yeah, it's a right? compound rotation. It, 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 it's, um, it's, it's, it's like a... Instead of a sinusoidal movement, it's a square wave, right? So you have... It's on one... It, it, it goes in one sort of rotation, then it flips to the other rotation, then it flips back. Mm -hmm. So the other video they have of this is... He only gave him like four seconds. Is that well, yeah, he's answering a lot of questions. Oh, okay, uh, and you don't have much time in space to do this, but this is an example of that of this happening in space with uh -huh. another item, and you see that it's it's spinning really fast, and it's even though it, it's flipping back and forth, it's still doing it in a uh -huh. in a stable way, but it's 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 like it's it's an unstable, it's an instability. But it doesn't. I'd love to see like a see, little diagram of the forces here. Well, like... well, you can sort of see it in this really slowed down one. You see how it it it's a little unstable. It starts to get more and more unstable. So it starts to precess more and more, and then it flips. Little little precess precess precess. A little precess. Yeah, it's crazy that it yeah. gets stable on the other side. You know, like there's a balance there. Well, it's it, like I was saying, it's a it's a square wave. Hold on a second, I'll show you more a better example of what I mean. You would give me just one second. And just... Oh, sure, I'm just trying to imagine it, right? I mean, I, this is the first time I've encountered this phenomenon. So, yeah. but this yeah, is... when you watch it in, um... so this is a sinusoidal wave, which is going, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. just constantly moving, and this is sort of how a square wave works, where. You have a period of stability and instability that gives you like that. Right. I mean, that doesn't help me visualize okay. the forces on the Leatherman or the T-shaped um, screw. Thing. No, but that, that, that it, I wouldn't expect that to help you visualize the forces, but it might help you visualize what why the action is happening. Well, I mean, I can kind of see. So look at the T-shaped thing, right? You right. have a lot more mass on the backside where the T is than on the bottom where the right. screw is, right? You, you have to watch the, the video that Greg just showed from uh, Mike Kelly. Um, so I can kind of see like the center, like it, it's rotating on this axis, but the mass isn't equally distributed across that axis, mm -hmm. right? So that's what's going to cause it to get unstable on that initial thing when you're not looking at the compound action of it, right. the, 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 the uh, elemental action of it. And then it flips over. I mean, it's just, it, I, I kind of see what it's doing, right? Because the if the center of mass was, if the center of mass was around the center of volume or something along mm -hmm. those lines, I could see something more stable. What's fascinating is that because the center of mass is not around the center of volume, that instead of being completely unstable, that there's this compound stability. Right, because the other axis, the, it, it, it's rotating and it's 
conserving its angular momentum even as it flips over. Mm-hmm. So it that well, yeah, I guess that's another part of it too, right? Because you know gy- this gyroscopic effect mm-hmm. of this thing, right? It's going to give it some stability. I would like to see them like toss the Leatherman like just kind of ad hoc. Mm, and if you can yeah. track it long enough to kind of see how like because you're starting out with it in in a defined way where you can kind of observe the pattern. Yeah. But if you kind of just like toss it where it's like jumbled. Then that then that's more chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. If, but if you're doing something along a unstable axis of, of rotation, but it's still... It it still maintains angular momentum enough to ha- to conserve it when it flips over, so it doesn't go wi- it doesn't go wild. It just flips over into a different direction, and then goes slightly unstable, flips over into the opposite direction. It's really really cool. Mm-hmm. I s- I wonder if that's a a run of the mill Leatherman or a special NASA version of titanium Leatherman <laughs> or something that you know because you know ounces are expensive to launch and yeah. a steel Leatherman when you can make a titanium Leatherman. If you want to find that YouTube, it's YouTube vloggers ask astronaut Scott Kelly questions in space. It's about halfway through, uh, and the page itself was on Science Alert. Watch what. WTF is going on with this object spinning in zero gravity. That's the page where the um, the handle is mm-hmm. on, so you can see a, a different aspect of it. But it's really cool how that happens. But yeah, yeah, I think you know. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's really cool. And then, like I said, I haven't seen this before, but I, I love it because I'm kind of imagining like where the center of mass is, center of volume. I think inertial moment comes into play here. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I'd love to see someone explore this with a little more, you know, like uh, a little more explanation, like graphics yeah. drawn on the screen, like right, like freeze frame, like here mm-hmm. the torque is going this way, yeah. and that's why it tips over, you know, that kind of thing. So this is, if, this is, if you want to look it up, and or if you uh, know... Um, this is more of an engineering problem. Uh, this is dealing with instability of rotation around the intermediate axis of an object. Right, because again, it's just the intermediate axis. Yeah. If you're using the long axis or the short axis, there's more stability there. Hmm. Really cool. Yeah. I thought you liked that. I, I do like that. That's like science project type stuff mm-hmm. like you know if a, like if i had discovered this in like 10th grade this would be my science project because <laughs> it's yeah how do you it's not yeah. too crazy complicated but it's not intuitive at all it's, well it's not intuitive but you can actually you but can't you, do you can, space experiments with you this can demonstrate yeah yeah i mean this is kind of doing some research on this is kind of that right level of, of kind of research and experimentation. Cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Should we do a quick round of Greg explains his tweets? Greg explains his tweets. <laughs> um, I didn't have, didn't do much of them. We were tweeting this week, but let's see. I tweeted about, 
Wiz Khalifa being arrested for riding on a hoverboard. Okay, I saw that. I have yeah. no idea what that meant. Uh, that was it's an actual news story. Wiz Khalifa was arrested for riding a hoverboard. I said, so this is my tweet. Of course, Wiz Khalifa was arrested for riding a hoverboard. Like that sentence just makes sense. <laughs> There's something wonderful about. So was he really riding a hoverboard? He was riding, I believe, a. Uh, someone responded to me. Um, Craig uh, responded to me, says, which is much cooler than busted on a Chinese knockoff stickless Segway. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Okay. um, You use the term... uh, on the craft beer radio account, oh, <laughs> pop his pepper beer cherry, which I'm a little less, a little less sure of myself now than I was when I when I confronted you about it. Okay, but I at the time I was like, ew, that's really kind of misogynistic and gross. Uh, My argument. And this is worth exploring because mm-hmm. I know what Greg, yeah. Greg already replied to this moment. argument was that Pop the Cherry is now such a common use colloquial term of new, you know, something new. I mean, so it, okay, it's, it's a, it's a disrespectful way of saying lose your virginity Mm -hmm. and i could have said lose his pepper beer virginity and that wouldn't have been this bad uh pop your cherries so pop culture and seems like it's lost that tie back to uh hymen busting that (laughs) it didn't seem like it was inappropriate yeah and I, I get your point. I do because I've argued that point as well for for things I've said. Uh, it it felt gross to me at the time. It still feels kind of gross. Uh, I, I would prefer you not use that terminology. Uh, but I, I didn't delete the tweet. And you see, you asked me said if you want to delete, delete this. Eh, it's not worth going over going crazy for that. What was my argument at the time? I forget. You said uh, I had a response to that. Oh, you, you said. Something about, you know, that just leads to misogyny or something like that. Yeah, that's basically the reason why it it, it really does feel overtly misogynistic. Um, Douchebag. Oh, God, we forgot talking about that. Uh, we, we found that this site that we'd use on, on the main show for describing things uh, has pronunciations of all sorts of things, and that... What was that one? Was that CD Blue Rose? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Douchebag. That's the one. <laughs> That's the vocal fry at the end. Which we have to have a sound drop, I think, of that. Because that is just perfect. Douchebag. <laughs> just to be able to drop that in whenever we want. Douchebag. Douchebag. I kind of like the uh, the uh, Adelessa one as well. But no, the CC Blue Rose. Douchebag. Douchebag. <laughs> well, there was that really good one you found, the other word, right? Okay. 
You want to talk about misogynistic? Um, well, no, I mean, it's, I don't know which one that was, but the one with the extra edge of hate. Yes. Which one was that? So that was the the C word. Yeah. Do you know um, it was the United States Terrorist. version, of course. It, it's Amy. Yeah, it's Amy. That's the one. Cunt. <laughs> There's like 15 people. Yeah. Pronouncing cunt, and none of them say it right except for Amy. None of them say it with the right cunt. amount of derision yeah. that the word should inspire. But you know, we, it's it's not as offensive in other countries as it is here. And in, in 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 England and elsewhere, they use it like we use a ball sack or something. I don't know. Cunt gristle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what else so this we... we didn't say what the site was did we it's forvo.com f-o-r-v-o.com and uh it's really neat so like for example the cunt one there's a lot of people be like cheery cunt you know and mm-hmm. that's not an accurate pronunciation right yeah because it's not just about pronouncing the letters right it's about the inflection and things i feel it's, it should be about the inflection as well and things like that yeah, you are like, oh, oh, that guy was such a cunt. It was great. Yeah, you're so, but it's neat. What if you find a word that's well fleshed out? They actually have a map, and you can see where the different ones are from. So, of course, across the world, but also like different regions in the same country would be really neat for exploring as like the database of pronunciation grows. So, I'm gonna keep an eye on this site. It's pretty cool. Okay, uh, I tweeted out. Um, yesterday had a huge smile on my face thanks to Fish Center Live what a great summer season I I, I was uh, showing Jeff some of the things from that I wanted to mention another thing though the hashtag on there ATOZ so another thing they do at Adult Swim the same guys do Fish Center at 2 o'clock uh, in the afternoon they do Ultimate Crossword Superstars <laughs> where they do the New York Times crossword puzzle. And if you're with them on Twitch, which I am, uh, you can sort of help them through it. And sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right. I'm not, I'm not cheating what I'm doing. I'm just, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a bunch of people do this. And one of the times this week, I think it was Wednesday or something, the clue was um, the clue was like everything. And, and the answer was ATOZ. Uh, and we in the chat realized well before like it, it was over but then Cho Andrew Cho was, was saying Ataz Ataz what the hell That's, that doesn't make any sense and he was like these, these people are wrong Ataz is not a word and we were trying to say it's A to Z it's A to Z that's what they mean A to Z and it, like for five minutes Cho was, was going crazy so we turned into like on <laughs> it turned into like a hashtag that we used to insult him <laughs> A to Z Ataz Ataz Anyway, yeah, alternate crossword superstars, two p.m. at on uh, on the Adult Swim Challenge, which every weekday. It's a great uh, it's a great way. If I'm not super busy, I will mm-hmm. I will turn it on and try to help out with the crossword. It's a great way to kind of reinforce your mind right. for the rest of the day. That's funny, like group crowdsourcing your yeah. crossword puzzles. I I one day like. Because uh, th- sometimes there can be themes to these crosswords. Like it, in one of them, there was four or five spaces that were empty that were always the word break. Mm. 
so that was interesting. So I tried to find the New York Times crossword puzzle online. I actually have a New York Times subscription, digital subscription, but that doesn't include the crossword puzzle. So I was looking for, just so I could see if there was anything about the crossword puzzle. And I found a site that actually solves the crossword puzzle as soon as it's like released. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, oh, no, I don't want to look at that. Because that, right. that's not at all interesting to me is is knowing the answers and coming in being a know-it-all. Uh, my, my it, It's more figuring out and, and, and mm-hmm. going along with the flow. So I immediately deleted that. Uh, but it did make it did make me know what the first word was on the, on the puzzle mm-hmm. the next day, so I didn't say anything. Gotcha. But it was like, oh no, that's that's not what I want at all. But I want to pay an extra crossword subscription to get the crossword that I'm going to help solve mm-hmm. later on in the day. Right? <laughs> Seems silly that I don't get this crossword with the New York Times digital description subscription. You know, they know what people want. Yeah. Okay, my, my my last tweet is I, I think an important one because I, I was I was just think something I was thinking about I was like, what is um, I forget what? Oh, okay. Before before I go into this tweet, I did want to do two things. One thing, uh, my nephew is apparently he's he's around Max's age. He's more sort of introspective than Max is. Uh, he was asking, uh, he or mom mom. <laughs> The sister Joanna was asking, was was saying that she was, that he was asking where was he was asking questions like where was I before I was born. Yeah, interesting questions, and and I thought you know she said well we tell you you were a part of everything you were a part of the sky you you, know, you were a part of uh, you were in the sky you were in the water you were in this other stuff and he said well how did I get out of the clouds and into me and another good question right. Uh, and I think she didn't know how to answer that. She said the dance is something like, oh, we scooped the clouds or something. <laughs> and I said, you know, I would have said, you, it, it's like, you know, well, you, you came down from the clouds through rain, right? But I would have said it's like baking a cake. You have your flour, you have your eggs, you have your milk, whatever. And you can make flour into pretzels. You can make eggs into omelets. But we made a Jesse cake. And that took a whole lot of the interest. We took all the ingredients together and made them and made a special cake that was just you. So there's all these ingredients mm-hmm. could make a whole bunch of things and these ingredients made you too. That's how I would have done it. If you ever get that. No, no, yeah, sure. No, it's a good one. Um, also... The other night, I, I heard about this place that I, I tweet, I, I messaged you about mm, as soon as so I heard about it, called Flight, okay. where it's basically a bouncy castle world, and that sounds like something your kids would just go nuts with. It's in Bridgeville. Yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, in Leedsdale, there's a trampoline park. Yeah, that's basically what this is, I think, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, trampoline park. One of the things we saw in Virginia Beach um, was like indoor skydiving with a wind tunnel. And my sister and brother-in-law did it for their anniversary. Uh, that's it, it gets expensive to get a lot of practice. And actually, yeah. uh, the the Navy SEALs are right near there. So they'll like practice in the morning, like in the tunnel and stuff like that. Uh, we, walk, we went in there one day just to watch some kids do it. 
and uh, it's pretty crazy. So it's a cool way to do skydiving without actually doing the the scary part mm-hmm. of skydiving. And then you do it a lot. You get the yeah. you can do flips and you know all that stuff. Where your first time out, you're pretty much just being guided by yeah. the. Um, it's like surfing, you know. It's, it, it, you mm-hmm. the first time out, you're not going to be doing. Doing tricks and ollies and skateboarding. Okay, um, the last thing is, uh, this is something that, that I, I sort of talked about on the last post-show when we talked about um, religiosity entering into things that that weren't there. Um, like, we, we remembered, I talked about in the beginning of, of the pre-show, and the reason why I'm bringing it up again, one of the reasons is because the audio was so horrible, um, but how if you start smelling things, you start reaching and reaching and reaching further and further, it starts to sound a bit religious. It starts to sound a bit like you're, you're reaching too far. Uh, and you, you, you objected to that. And I understood your objection and I'm not saying your objection was wrong, but my point was more that religiosity, that this tendency slips in everywhere. And, You remember you 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 showed me the edge.org thing about uh, what should we throw out, what ideas should be thrown out. Mm-hmm. And Sean Carroll, theoretical physicist, said we should throw out falsifiability. Um there's a there's a debater, uh, a religious debater named William Lane Craig. He is probably one of the best debaters uh on the circuit not because his arguments are good his arguments are terrible but he is a very very good at expressing them in a way that that sounds confident and that uh that expresses his his ideas and um even though his even though it's very scripted in, in terms of you, you can see exactly what he's doing he does it all at the same time he's very confident in his delivery and uh if you're just there sort of analyzing things it seems very compelling, his stuff. Okay. Um, one of his worst debates was against Sean Carroll. Uh, Sean Carroll destroyed him because one of one of his one of Craig's uh, go to arguments is the cosmological argument. Uh, roughly speaking, the the cosmological argument is. Uh, the universe had a beginning, therefore God. Um, and he uses scientific, he uses like scientific papers to establish his bona fides. But he's not mm-hmm. a physicist, not a theoretical physicist. Uh, Sean Carroll is. Right. Sean Carroll knows the people who wrote the paper. That he keeps referencing, <laughs> and he was able to get you know pictures of of like Alan Guth, one of the main writers in the paper, saying, uh, "No, you're wrong," um, <laughs> and he was able to explain explicitly, very clearly, why Craig was wrong on those arguments. At the same time, he was a good arguer. It, it wasn't just that he was also an excellent. He was also excellent at, at demolishing Craig everywhere, and I think part of the reason why he was so good at demolishing Craig is because in some sense it takes a very religious person to debate a very religious person. And I feel like Sean Craig is a religious person. His religion just is string theory. 
uh, his religion is these these concepts and so when you said John Carroll says fossil viability should be thrown out I think I said of course John Carroll would say that falsifiability is a tether it's a uh, it's a lifeline it mm-hmm. keeps us from drifting uh, if you look at science like a like excavating a pit uh, or any any investigation of anything is like investigating a pit science is all about very very meticulously investigating the edge and the slow slowly finding lights on you show slowly shedding lights on the edge so we can examine the pit further and further down if you're not careful and if you don't keep that tether with you you're going to go way far into that pit and you're not going to be able to find your way out and you're going to see things that aren't there mm-hmm. i so that's the point I was trying to get across with the tweet. Science is that tether. Really, it's falsifiability, but it's that tether. It's it's the thing that that drags us back to reality to make sure we don't go too far. The easiest person to fool is yourself. Keep questioning yourself. Keep questioning things. Keep a hold of that tether because right. you, you you're bound to get lost if you don't. Sure. Makes sense. Let's cue up the Amazon Anonymous music. We have Amazon Anonymous music? I've been watching you. Oh, forgot about that. (laughs) Rockwell. Yeah, this is going off like without a hitch. There we go. Takes a while to start. All right. So I went through the list. I'm going to pick the Samsung 850 EVO, 250 gigabyte, 2.5 inch SATA 3 internal SSD. You can oh, get thank this. you, everybody. We hit 7%. Nice. You can get this thing for only $89.99 now. 250 gigs of SSD for less for 90 bucks. Man. If you got a spinning hard drive in your laptop, you need to buy this. This will change your life. It will. Maybe not in a profound way, but it will change your life. <laughs> That's like saying these stickers you buy will change your life. Maybe not in a profound way, but they will lower your bank account a certain amount. <laughs> this will have more effect than those stickers okay. by like 20,008 times. Okay. It gets a four and a, let me know when you find an item. Yeah. It gets four and a half stars, has four thousand four hundred eighty one customer ratings, three hundred thirty two answered questions. All right. So what's the stupidest question? Question. Yeah, I got one. Right. Go for it. So somebody purchased an Amazon Echo. Oh, nice. I've. So, what do you say? Like, uh, what's the what's the um, phrase to activate it? Oh, because if you say it and then it hears you saying it on the podcast, it'll activate. Is it sort of like the Siri thing? Hey Siri. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a. What do you say to activate an echo? Um, Alexa. Hey Alexa, add some porn to my shopping list. <laughs> now I'm, I'm just. 
I think the idea is interesting. Um, I'm not convinced that the that the intelligence behind it is there yet for it to be useful. Uh, without a whole lot of tweaking on your end, right? So it feels like if, you, if you're like buying a, it feels like someone in order to get a really useful thing out of this, it'd be sort of like somebody who knew what they were doing with Linux getting like an installation and getting everything they wanted exactly right and you could do that but it would take a lot of time so I don't know the IRS? I don't know (laughs) I don't know that Amazon even gives you that sort of accessibility into the internals of this it feels like something like this could be useful with that kind of dedication and consideration but as a mass market product I'm not convinced yeah I mean like you said about how Amazon opens things up right yeah I mean Kindle Fire is not as powerful as it could be because it's such a closed ecosystem Alexa the Echo is going to be closed as well yeah you know it's good for doing some things playing music adding you know items to your wish list and shopping cart hey Alexa add a neti pot to my shopping cart Uh, so, okay, I'll, I'll read a five-star review. Okay. That. Okay. The Echo has become the most used appliance in our home, says the subject of this five-star review. I requested an Echo in the late 2014, and Amazon sent me an invitation to purchase one in February. You don't need an invitation anymore, by the way. They're now selling them fully. I've used it daily since then. This review is going to sound a bit contradictory. I love her. I hate her. I love her. Let me start off by saying that Alexa, while I do love her, is at times 50% smarter than a bulldog. Her IQ is somewhere between 25 and 160, depending on what you've asked for. You will quick, very quickly learn how to talk to her in a way that she will understand, but it's not unlike speaking to a small, frustrating toddler. This reminds me a lot of Siri. Mm-hmm. right? You, you start off thinking, oh, it's amazing, and you realize, okay, there are five things it can do. Like I use Siri to turn off my alarms. Great at that. Uh... <laughs> You know, because I, I set like a bunch of alarms. They're not sure which one is um, I'm going to totally wake up with, but then just when I'd have waking up, Siri turn off my alarms. Psh, boom! Don't have to go in there and slide them all off. Back to the back to the review. Alexa, when was George Washington born? George Washington was born. Blah blah. Alexa, stop. There were rumors his teeth were wood, but these turned out to be false. Alexa, stop speaking. There will be many times you will not understand what you're saying, which can be both frustrating and hilarious. Alexa, put tomatoes on my shopping list. I've put potatoes on your shopping list. Well, I guess I'm eating potatoes. That said, now I've learned how to speak to the Echo. It does sound exact. It does exactly what I wanted to do. I think the Echo is well worth the price Amazon is asking, and I'm thinking of getting a second one for the living room. Pros. Amazon has done a great job updating the Echo and adding features to it frequently. Since my purchase, they've added traffic reports, sports scores, Pandora, IFTT. Not sure what that is. Voice control over the smart lights and appliances in your home. iTunes supports Spotify and new fun features like Rolling Dice and Simon Says. Huh. Okay. Simon Says, huh? 
You can use the optical echo remote to control the volume or speed commands. It really works well from a good distance. I've tried 20, 30 feet. I use the frequency and feel like it's worth the additional cost. The speaker sounds great with music and gets plenty loud. You can teach the echo how to understand you better using a voice training feature in the app. And it integrates with Audible. All I have to say is Alexa, play my book. And it starts off from when I was listening on my phone or PC. You know, say Alexa, go back. And it will go back 30 seconds. Yay! Bluetooth streaming is seamless. Just say Alexa pair Bluetooth and you'll be connected in 30 seconds. It does a great job at finding the music you want to play quickly. Alexa play kids music. Alexa play my 90s station on Pandora. Alexa play American Pie. Playing American Pie by Don McLean. Okay, that's not anything crazy. Using Simon Says, you can make Alexa repeat anything you say. Okay... Oh, that's where he gets his spank bank material. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Um... His robot sleep. Cunt. <laughs> Douchebag. Rob- <laughs> 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 uh, I'm going to jump around this because there's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, here's the cons. I'm going to give the cons. Oh, see, the, the, here's another pro, though. The, uh, the Amazon Echo SDK is coming soon. This means software developers will be able to make new apps that work there. That's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, cons, it's not portable. You have to keep it plugged in at all times. They should come out with a wireless rechargeable version. I wish you could ask the Echo to do more than one thing, repeating its name Alexa. For example, I like to say, Alexa, add milk, eggs, olive oil, and onions to my shopping list and have it add four items to the list instead of one. Currently, the Echo only supports English. It'll translate the word for you, but it puts them in your Echo app because it can't speak other languages. It'd be great if they gave you a second keyword that would allow Alexa to listen to you to tell her to stop listening. Sometimes I don't speak fast enough and the Echo thinks I'm done talking before I finish my sentence. Uh, the shopping list is only stored in the cloud on your phone. I can't always get an internet connection to my grocery store, especially when in the back of the store when I lose the internet, I suddenly can't access my shopping list. So it doesn't actually shop for you, just put stuff on your... Well, I guess it could shop well, for you. You can add things to your Amazon yeah. list, but you can also use it to take notes, shopping list notes. When asking questions, Echo is only good with facts. I can ask you, what is the capital of France? But I can't ask questions like, how do I substitute baking soda for baking powder? Or read me the next instructions for this fried chicken recipe. The second one I can see being valuable. Mm-hmm. Um... And also, I'd like if Echo had an equalizer built in, so my audiobooks sound just fine, but they sound muddy. I'd be able to bring out the voice by tweaking the mids treble. That that SDK should help that. So it sounds like an interesting device. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of like a, a a more a slightly more um, active Siri, I guess. Uh, speaking of, of devices, I just came across. Uh, Sparkphone has them. I guess other people do, but the Proton. So, you, you know, you're familiar with the Arduino and the Raspberry yeah. Pi and things like that. Yeah. Um, we so, all know what a Raspberry Pi is. Yes. <laughs> um, that was a Mr. Robot line. Right. By the way, the, F, the F35 is is the play you're talking about, the Lightning, which is now basically considered to be a huge clusterfuck because it's been defeated in... By F 16s and stuff and training stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so the, they have the Proton, or I'm sorry, it's a Photon. The, um, it's, it's a, uh, Internet of Things. It's only, oh, come on, give me the real. Internet of Things, Internet of Things, Internet of Things bullshit. Well, no, but this is 
a device. So here's the Proton board. It's uh, 40 bucks. It's the same form factor as an Arduino. It's an ARM-based processor, and it has built-in Wi-Fi. So, like, and they have shields for it. So this seems, for 40 bucks, that's crazy, because if you want to add Wi-Fi to your Arduino, it's 70 bucks for the Wi-Fi shield. You know, and you can get the, you can get a processor and Wi-Fi for forty bucks here, and uh, I don't know. It just looks. I might. I'm probably going to get one to mess around with. You know, they have different shields. I, I thought a neat project would be like to use one of these to like with an ultrasound sensor to like indicate when I'm in my cube or not, and kind of like post my like availability. You know, do my availability at work or something. Just not super useful, but kind of a fun project. Like uh, some of our support guys, right? They're like on a phone queue and they're horrible remembering to log out of the queue when they go to the uh-huh. bathroom or whatnot. Wouldn't it be cool if like when they get out of their cube, the ultrasound sensor knows they're not in the chair anymore and then puts pauses there, takes them out of the queue type thing? Yeah, but isn't it easier just tell your guys to get off the gym? They're, it, they're really bad at it. Well, yeah, but you, you train them better. <laughs> um... So no, it's not easier. If you could have a device, you could sit on their on their desk. That it, it can... should it should be something that they do that they're trained to do. But why I not mean, why not have a sen- pressure sensor in their seat or an ultrasound sensor? Because then it. What if they they're standing up or something and, and they're on the phone? What if they want to do a little bit of walking around or something? But they're not. There'll still be there'll still be sense there. That's why like an ultrasound sensor, right? Would notice any movement in their cube. And uh, the, the interesting thing about those ultrasound sensors, things <laughs> I really loved about that is you can defeat. You know those ultrasound sensors uh, they use for like um, protecting things. You just hold a sheet. I don't know what you're... Uh, security devices that okay. detect uh, you know movement or something using ultrasound. If you just hold a sheet, I don't sheet... think these guys are going to be trying to actively defeat the thing. No, that but but them out of their phone. But I'm just saying, okay, you can hold a sheet in front of you and just move right up to it because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't see that as movement. It has okay. to see an edge. It has to see. It has to see an edge. It has to see something like that. The same thing for for infra for infrared stuff. Okay. Um, I don't think these guys. Is, across. If I give them a tool, they're going to be trying to actively defeat it. But but what I what I'm pointing out though is that there are issues with those devices in terms of of their. Then there are just, issues with the people too. But just one idea. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, I, I know. And, I know. Just, but it just seems like a you know you have an Arduino, you have a Raspberry Pi. This proton or photon looks really interesting. You can do, uh, you know, it has a battery pack, but, you know, the built-in Wi-Fi and then, you know, just, I don't know. I'm probably going to get one of mess with Speaking of stuff like that, uh, this week, last week was was difficult because my computer died. Um, It's... Your work computer. My work computer died. Uh, It didn't, well, it didn't die so much as as just went into... uh, when the cardiac arrest because the USB it's, it's, it's one of those I three things right uh, and the basically the USB hub the integrated USB hub failed and all of my settings for Windows was on the D drive so when the USB hub failed it just got totally screwed up and we had to call in the guy from from Allsafe to come in and help us <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this is my new computer. Oh no! They got rid of the uh, XI3s, huh? This is better. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Swipe to the right, and you'll see what it is. Oh, one of the nooks. Okay. Yeah. 
So it's a more powerful computer. Instead of uh, 8 gigs of RAM, I have 16 now. Instead of uh, a mobile processor, it's a, a Core i7, a 4-core i7. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a pretty spiffy machine. Um, I just heard about these the other day. Yeah. Uh, I, I bought myself a, a USB hub just to... You know, because it doesn't have as many USB ports in the back. <laughs> the the i3 had like six or no eight, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and this one has four. So I had to, you know, cool do that. But yeah, it's a it's an awesome machine, and it's tiny. Uh, it's smaller than the, than that one was. Uh, one thing I did recently buy also the the other thing that's a little annoying is you can see there's the audio jack. The audio jack is a dual jack, like. Um, like on your phone like a four pin yeah. yeah so the old headphones i'm using has a speaker and a microphone right. well that's not going to work with this so i bought i had to buy a usb headset I, I could have like used my iphone things but i just bought a new usb headset for it not or you know they make adapters you can have an adapter yeah i could have gotten an three adapter, bucks. i suppose for three, much? three or four bucks yeah uh, well i should have done that probably but oh well i now i have nicer headphones um. Yeah, so if you look at like the performance, the only thing that that's bad about the performance is it's not good for Arrow. Even the like, Damien asked me, can it can it do Crisis? Uh, it gets a uh, six point eight on the graphics for Windows. Yeah, it can play Crisis. Cool. It's a powerful machine. Yeah, I heard about that on. Um, I guess I was listening to some tech podcast. I can't remember which one. And they mentioned the Nook. They were actually, they said it was decent. I think they were complaining about how it doesn't have um, enough power to power external peripherals or something. You kind of have to use peripherals that have their own power supply or something like that. Well, yes, the, you, you can see that there's a, a hub, a powered hub here. The, mm-hmm. I, I, that, right. That's the one that was at work. I bought my own for it mm-hmm. uh, just so I didn't have to use that one. But yeah, so it's a powered hub. Right. Um, they do have like on the front. There's one that's an unpowered USB, and one that's a powered. So, but I'm fine with having a right. powered hub that works for me. No, absolutely, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's awesome. It's a cool machine. Glad to have it. It's not as sexy as the XI3. It's more sexy. It's sexier. It's it's smaller. Well, it's, it's, it's sleeker. It's, it's industrial design's not as sexy. I thought the XI3 is pretty sleek machine. And how they have the board like uh you know wrapped around it with the core cooling core in the center. See, yeah, I, I haven't looked in the inside of oh. either of these machines. So, right. so the XI three right, it's a cube because I mean there's boards on each four sides and the air flows through the center, so all yeah. the heat sinks go to the center. So it has this kind of integrated cooling system, which is a cool design. Now, is that a reason to pick a computer on its own? No, no. I, I hear I do hear a fan in this one sometimes go okay. on where I did not hear that in the XI three. So. Yeah, if you're concerned about that in, in in the work environment, I don't care about mm-hmm. that. Uh, in you know maybe for other things, it, it's not as good. I don't, I don't know how much the cost, but I imagine I it's expensive. It's Actually, I don't think it is. Let's see. They were talking about how it was pretty cheap on the podcast. They were talking about it. The Nook. Let's see, Amazon, the Nook. Fourth gen, so an i five version is four hundred bucks. Mm. I have an i seven. 
neat. Yeah, I mean, and it also has so so it has integrated 128 like like this does. I think it's like a chip mm-hmm. um, for the for the hard drive, uh, and then it also has internal. I'm not sure whether it's a one terabyte SSD drive or one terabyte laptop 2.5 inch drive. Probably a laptop. Yeah, but so so that's in there too, um, in that little thing, and it's a Core i7, mm-hmm. and it's got a, de- a pretty decent graphics card. Uh, yeah, it's not Nvidia, but it's running an Intel mm-hmm. Iris. Um, it's a pretty powerful slick machine. I enjoy it. I'm the only one that work who has one. Yay! All because <laughs> my computer broke down. Yay. It wasn't like I asked for it. You know, give me a faster machine. It was like right. this is what they're giving out now. Right. I'm trying to see here what the price would be for the i7 version. Uh, I don't know. If you want to buy one, go to crappyradio.com slash Amazon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> buy ten nooks. Thousand nooks. A thousand nooks. I don't know if we get credit for a thousand nooks. Why not? Because they'd probably be like, oh, something weird is happening here. We'll give them credit for two. <laughs> Plus, you know, you know the, the thing with... Uh, with... Um, we only get 4% on, on those computing things. Yeah. Speaking of computer stuff, we started a trial of Slack at work. Yeah, Damien said something about that. Slack. Slack, Slack is a, it's, it's a, um, it's kind of like Wave in a sense. It's a it's collaboration. kind of like Wave, actually. You know, I realized that just the other day that it's kind of like Wave where, so Slack, it's, it's communication for teams. It doesn't really integrate with email because if you're not on the team, you can't really communicate with it. But it would replace instant messages, mailing lists, uh, text or SMS if you use that, you know, in your work environment. Um, potentially, uh, let's see what else. Mostly those kinds of things. And where it's wave-like is that you can have a channel and people are in the channel talking about whatever mm-hmm. and you could kind of invite someone or point someone to a channel right and they're able to you know get all the context and background of the story that's what's wave like it's not quite wave like in um it has some rich text but like not all the rich media that wave had where right? mm-hmm. like you could add a map and you could yeah. do all that stuff it's not quite all that and you can't replay it like with wave like you kind of replay it to kind of see how things progressed yeah. they don't have that but it, it's actually i'm I, I find it pretty interesting i was pretty negative on the idea um i didn't think that it would i thought it would just be another place where our, our information is fragmented and only some of it's there and some of it's some other place i, I do see it um now replacing our in-house instant messenger server and i think it makes sense to use this over google chat google hangouts chat um i don't know we'll see how that uh, i'm still i'm not the one like pushing the adoption Mm -hmm. i have more important things to use my juice to influence people to do things on than slack so you know um damien's organization like the sales org is what brought it up and they're kind of driving it so 
Keep me, keep me impressed about it because maybe I can introduce it to our site. We, we do use Google Talk for things, but uh, it always it's always hairy. Uh, it's not it's not as one, useful. One uh, of the really nice things about Slack is that um, you get the same experience on the computer and on your phone. So like you know like here's like the ran like we created created mm-hmm. a general and a random. So I mean like here's the random channel. And you see, I, I posted a beer picture today. I'm finding the game, right? Yeah, you know. So use like, Giphy. Oh my god, <laughs> it has a it does have a Giphy integration, right? Yeah. And Dave, well, Damien's always been Mr. Gif, right? <laughs> yeah. He's always had the surgical use of Gif, but like Gif, there's a Giphy integration where you type slash Giphy and uh-huh. type in a word, and it goes off the Giphy tags to pull something in but it's kind of like chat roulette right like yeah you don't know what you're gonna get and i'm surprised damien likes it so much because he's usually so surgical with his gifts and now it's kind of like here <laughs> but some of them are pretty funny some of the gifts that come out you have to set rating levels on them right so yeah go, you can yeah. say we set the pg-13 and it was a little too risque for work yeah. so we had to down it to pg um yeah let me show you something real I mean, so here's a here's a, like one of the best examples, right? Like, just read the bottom one. Like, Scott's like slash Giphy, well done, and it pulled up that GIF. And it's John Stewart <laughs> and, and um, yeah. Stephen Colbert, like kind of like toasting with tea, like out on the street. So that's like one of the good ones, but there's so many like bad ones. It, it's pretty neat. Um, I, I look forward to um, us maturing in our use, where like it's not a thousand giffies and right. and it's it's more uh, content. But you know, uh, it's also very um, emoji heavy. Like, like like they have like you can type there's a keyboard shortcut like colon you can start typing the emoji name. You can add like your custom emojis. So like I've actually added. Um, Things for like AWS and Google and, you know, no one's used them yet. Again, I'm finding the game, right? I'm trying to see what... It's like we, when you started using Twitter, right? Uh-huh. You know, you didn't see what it was good for. Right, right. You know? So, I mean, I'm trying to like just use Slack in a bunch of different ways. And, and see, see what, what works and yeah. what doesn't, yeah. Uh, I totally get that. But yeah, it's just slack.com. Um uh, Give it a try. It's free um, for the basic version. Uh, the basic version, you only get 10,000 of the most recent messages available, and anything older than that kind of falls off the back end. And if you want to keep that history, you have to pay $7 a user a month. So it gets expensive when you have hundreds, you know, over 100 users. Okay, we're watching. <laughs> nice. <laughs> with the cats. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, so there's um they're having lots of fun with animated GIFs. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That's it. That's it. We're done. That's the end. Buy a nook on Amazon. <laughs> Keep buying stuff. Keep buying stuff. Buy a nook on Amazon. What? Nook. Nook. Oh. Nook. Nook. Buy a nook. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not a nook. That makes no sense. <laughs> You can buy a Kindle on Amazon, buy a Nook on Amazon, but you can't buy a Nook. I just pronounced the U the wrong way.